0: Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk about uh, shots for kids here. What is the status here now of the vaccine for the youngest age cohort yeah. here?
1: So this is a 5 to 11 year, year olds. It's working its way through the system. Um, the America- The U.S. Center for Disease Control is going to convene a panel on October 26th. Uh, for advice on how to go forward with this Pfizer is recommending now they've done a clinical trial they're recommending that the vaccine be made available and they've recommended to Health Canada that the vaccine be made available to 5 11 year olds so the expectation is we are going to start vaccinating 5 to 11 year olds probably sometime in November maybe early December interestingly I did a report on Global last night look at the 12 to 17 year old vaccination rates around the province and once again Geography tells the tale, and it'll likely tell the tale for 5 to 11-year-olds as well. So in Vancouver Coastal, the vaccination rate for first dose was more than 90%. Second dose, 88%. Very high numbers. Slightly lower in Vancouver Island and Fraser, but still, you know, close to 90% first dose and, and second dose. Different story once you get out of those health authorities. In the north... The first dose was 61%, and second uh, second dose, 49%. Very low numbers for kids age 12 to 17, because that that reflects low vaccinations among their parents. So parents in the north are not getting their teenagers vaccinated w- with great numbers, but right. people in Metro Vancouver and the capital are. I suspect you're going to see the same breakdown with the 5 to 11-year-olds. Also, Angus Reid um our pollster uh, shashi curl had a poll out yesterday that showed only 51 percent of parents are going to get their kids their young kids vaccinated five to 11. they're going to a, a number of people are going to wait uh probably longer than what we're seeing with other age cohorts before they get the jab
0: okay jennifer whiteside the bc education minister asked about this this week about the importance of the youngest kids getting the vaccine and here's what she had to say there is no question That vaccination is the most important layer of protection we have to ensure the safety of everyone in our community. Okay, so that's the education minister there. But like you said, even once they make the vaccine available for kids as young as five years old, there's no guarantee, especially in the north of the province, you'll have a large uptake on it.
1: No, I'm in right. fact, in the north, I don't think you will see an up- uptake yeah. on it because we're not seeing an uptake among adults in right. much of the north, with the exception of the northwest. Kitimat, Terrace, Prince Rupert, all high vaccination rates, which is why they've been exempted from the health restrictions that are in place for Prince George Vanderhoof, Dawson Creek, Fort St. John when there's lower vaccination rates. Uh, and again, I think you're going to see that with the with the 5 to 11-year-olds as well.
0: Okay, Justin Trudeau yesterday making his overdue visit to mm. the Tecumloops First Nation, and it was interesting to watch the the chief there, Roseanne Casimir, on, on stage with Trudeau. <laughs> Roseanne <laughs> she, roasted him. Oh, man, she just let him have it while he was sitting there for him going on vacation yep. on uh, the first uh, day of truth and reconciliation. So here's how that sounded. So here she is, Roseanne Casimir, the Tecumloops uh, Nation first uh, chief. Just sticking it to Trudeau here, and Trudeau is sitting right beside her. Have a listen to this.
1: So in the middle of the truth-telling, cultural grounding and sharing that unfolded as part of the commemoration of the very first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, a journalist quietly informed us, that you were on vacation in Tofino.
0: Trudeau just sitting there, he had to
1: take it. He had to take it and he apologized. Uh, I have to hand it to Trudeau though. He also spoke, I clocked it at about 30 minutes straight without a note, without any prepared text. About um, truth and reconciliation. So it's uh, it was something he had to go through. I th- I'm still scratching my head. Why he, on earth he went to Tefino in the first place? I wonder if
0: he the... knew she was going to do that while he was sitting. Oh, there. Oh, I think
1: I think he ex- he knew he was going to be in for for some harsh words. I I think that was pretty clear. Yeah, but
0: what with him what was sitting right beside her, is she just lets <laughs> some have it well, yeah, like that? It wow, an
1: uncomfortable moment for him for yeah. sure. He deserved it. But again, um, he sat there and uh, Trudeau's got a unique ability to turn an event into (laughs) something else than what was originally planned. And I think he... Pulled it off yesterday. Again, speaking 30 minutes without a note, without any prepared text, and uh, about one issue. Not many people can do that.
0: Okay, speaking of getting roasted, I thought Adrian Dix and the NDP government yesterday in question period in the B.C. legislature really taking a lot of heat over uh, delayed booster shots Mm -hmm. for seniors who are living in long-term care. Uh, The Liberals pointing to a document from the Fraser Health Authority that said that uh, they wouldn't have completed booster shots in long-term care until mid-December. Which seems extraordinary, especially when you think that it's recommended you get that third booster dose six months after your second dose, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people in BC and long term care homes were getting their second shot in January. It's a lot more than six months ago.
1: Well, most got their first dose in January, and then first? they got okay. their second dose a couple of months after. But still, well, more than six months uh, past okay. the second dose. So, yeah, the liberals. Uh, uh, came down hard on uh, on uh, the NDP yesterday with the second dose of delay that a number of people have uh, yet to receive that third dose. Now, you know, I think 60, 000, uh, 61 care homes have had third doses. But there's over somewhere. 300
0: care homes that's in right. D.C.
1: So they're still uh, lagging behind on the on the uh, third dose. So um, that's next in line after, if you call the uh, immune-compromised uh, uh, people. Uh, cancer treatment people as well, were first in line, then the seniors were next. So obviously there's going to be an have to be an expedited rush to get yeah. that third dose out.
0: I think they they could be doing this quicker. I asked Adrian Dix about it this morning. The health minister, he's my first guest on the show today, and here's what he had to say about this.
1: We're moving very quickly to get those uh, shots done. They're important because um, those of us who have family and long-term care care about this very deeply. And they're important to ensure people are safe. And so we're proceeding and proceeding rapidly. And the reason we have to proceed rapidly, amongst other reasons, is that we have an extraordinarily busy time. It's not just long-term care. We're currently providing uh, booster doses or completion doses of first round for about 130,000 clinically vulnerable people. About getting close to half of those have already been done now. As you know, we're expecting Pfizer applied yesterday to be starting doing children 5 to 11 in the month of November. So we got to drive through these tasks, and that's exactly what we're doing.
0: Okay, so basically making the case, Always oh, says we are doing it rapidly, even though the Liberals well, are roasting them for not doing it rapidly.
1: Well, fair point to the Liberals. I mean, the no. you, you can't do it fast enough. The other thing that's about to happen is there's gonna, we're about to start the flu vaccine program, yeah. and that's where seniors are also very vulnerable. I mean, quite apart from COVID-19, before the pandemic, the number one killer of seniors in long-term care homes was the flu. And the flu disappeared last year because of uh, health protocols, masks, all you name it, and likely have fewer cases this year. But we are about to start the flu. In fact, I expect Adrian Dix to make some statements today about rolling out the flu vaccine program for free. They're going to they're gonna, uh, ramp it up more than last year. There's going to be more doses available than were available last year. So look for that uh, other shoe to drop as well.
0: Okay. I also asked Dix this morning about the looming deadline for healthcare workers to re- have at least the first dose of the vaccine, or they risk going on unpaid leave, mm-hmm. mandatory vaccination in healthcare in British Columbia. I asked him if he if he was worried about any worker shortage, if a lot of healthcare workers decide they don't want to get the vaccine for whatever reason and they end up fired. He said he didn't seem to be too worried about it. But it's interesting to look next door and what's going on in Washington State, where they've got one of the toughest vaccine mandates in the United States, and their deadline just kicked in. Mm-hmm. And, and we did see some public servants in Washington State actually quit their jobs rather than get vaccinated. Now, have a listen to this. This is a kind of a clip that's gone kind of viral here. This is a Washington State trooper yesterday. His name is Robert. LeMay and he's videotaping himself on his phone in his in his police cruiser on his last shift and he's on his police radio telling the dispatcher and all the other police officers listening that's it i'm out of here i'm not getting vaccinated so i'm losing my job and here's what he had to say about the governor here have a listen citizens of yakima county as well as my fellow officers within the valley without you guys i wouldn't have been very successful and you've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night um thank you for that um wish i could say more but um this is it so state 1034 this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and jay Ensley can kiss my <laughs> okay so jay insley can kiss my you know what so, the governor
1: you know, you have to read statistics certain way. So 95% of those covered by the vaccine mandate in Washington State have gotten vaccinated. But that still yeah. means 5% have it. Right. And so when you start looking at a large pool of people, 5% can be a significant amount of, number sure. of people. I think in Washington State, the, the state patrol... I believe it was 60 people quit their jobs. Yeah, uh, rather Some than police
0: officers, there were some civilian people in the yeah. war,
1: police force too. So again, on, on a percentage basis, not very many people at all. But in terms of a real world data situation, it is significant. Uh, and hopefully we don't see that in BC. We saw a report earlier this week that 20 people up in the Okanagan, 20 long-term care workers quit their jobs uh, or went on unpaid leave rather than get vaccinated. The football coach... At Washington State University
0: yes. is out of a turfed. job. Yep. I mean, this guy makes $3 million a year. He's the
1: highest paid state employee yep. in Washington Ma- State, the college, football coach. Many college football coaches are the highest paid people in the state on public payroll.
0: This is very common in the United States where college football is so huge. But this guy didn't want to get the vaccine. His name is Nick Rukovich. Nick Rukovich. 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 Uh, $3 bucks a year. He's fired yeah. because he won't get the vaccine.
1: He applied that's for that's ex- amazing. He applied for an exemption and was denied, and he's he's turfed. Uh, this uh, I've been following the story for a few weeks now because he was defying authorities, saying oh, he's not going to get uh, vaccinated, uh, and this played out to an uh, inevitable conclusion.
0: Yeah, do you think we could see similar things happen in British Columbia, maybe to a smaller degree?
1: Oh, I think you're going to see people lose their jobs because particularly not in Metro Vancouver by any large degree, but I think you're going to see some healthcare workers lose their jobs in the north because they refuse to get vaccinated. All right, as Baldry's
0: Beat. Keith Baldry from Global News is my guest. Uh, We're just talking off air about the B.C. government increasing the minimum working age in British Columbia. We'll be talking about that in the next segment here after your news. And so it's now 16 years old. The minimum age to work in BC it mm-hmm. used to be 12, and the government's saying they're just bringing this in, in line with international standards. What was your first job? How old were you when you got your first job? I was
1: 13. Wow. I was fool the guesser on the p and Midway. I had to guess people's ages age within one year or their weight within one pound, and if I didn't, they won a prize.
0: Wow, so that's back when you were a carny. I was a carny. At the out my, my,
1: uncle, my uncle was the, was the carny, and uh, I worked for him on the p Midway, so that was my first job. Then I was a car wash jockey, then I was a mill worker. Wow, that's, that's a but lot. No one not many people can say they were fool the guesser.
0: No, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone else say their very first job was as <laughs> a fool, the, fool guesser the guesser on the Midway.
1: I'm 13-year-old guessing people's ages and weights, and i tell you, it was a vanity thing for many people who wanted to know how old they looked. Nobody, Very few people wanted to know about weight, because nobody wanted to talk about weight. But they all wanted to know, how old do you think I am? And uh, hoping and praying I was going to guess younger than they actually So would were. you
0: deliberately guess younger, just to make I people tried happy?
1: To, I tried to guess as accurately as possible. Um, and uh, and really, I learned, my, my uncle taught me uh, the tricks of the trade. He said, look at people's eyes. It can do a lot of things to your body and your face and everything, but the eyes don't lie. You can tell. uh, The best way to uh, check out how old someone is is looking at their eyes.
0: Right. And if you got it right, what did you have to get it within? One year or two years? One year. Okay.
1: uh, So you paid, uh, I think it was a dollar or five, depending on what prize you wanted to get. But I guarantee the the money you were paying me for the prize was more than the prize was worth. Okay. (laughs) So it didn't matter if I lost or not. So you
0: won. You won no matter what. I won either way.
1: And I said, my uncle taught me other ways. uh, Little other tricks. Look at the wallet when they open the wallet, and see if you can spot other things like their their place of birth, their their date of birth, and then bet them that you can guess that. And people have no idea. I remember guessing one one guy opened his wallet and he had his birth certificate there. He's born in Peterborough. I said, I'll bet you ten bucks I can guess where you're born. (laughs) <laughs> after, after, after I lost a bet on his age, he goes, You'll never guess where I'm born. I said, Just swap me the first letter. He said, P. I said, I wrote it down, Peterborough. And he was just, just floored. How do you get that?
0: So you're pretending to be some sort of like, uh, mind Creskin like of yeah, the Midway uh, just,
1: there? Just study the wallet, study stuff on their, on the, other guys would wear their, their, uh, high school jackets with their name on it. And you, you see them walk around the Midway early in the morning, you see them in the afternoon, they got the jacket off, and I'll say, oh, I'll guess your name. <laughs> 13 years 13 old, years huh? old. You're You're like I, a, I did that for two years and i moved on to other games
0: you like a 13 year old midway hustler <laughs> how much did you get paid for that
1: Oh, um, hardly anything first year <laughs> nothing my uncle just i did it for fun it was uh maybe 20 bucks a day
0: yeah that's interesting because um you know they brought in this new rule now that's minimum age 16 to work so i guess it would have been Technically illegal for you to do that job. Oh, probably. Now. <laughs> Unless you got like a parent's, uh,
1: I think it's a parent's uh, permission slip. Yeah, I think that was the example. So Gordon Campbell's government br- brought in that law that lo- formally lowered the age to 12. A number. I think that was in the first term of the Liberals, and the NDP always said they were going to reverse that. And now they are.
0: Yeah, I remember when Campbell did that, and a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, this is the Liberals and Gordon Campbell are bringing in child labor hmm. in British Columbia." But he was saying like, "Look, I mean, there are people who run grocery family stores. businesses, yeah. corner stores. Yeah. They've got their kids working in the store. Like, come on, let's just be." Raised. Oh, when
1: I was growing up, my, one of my best buddies, Daryl, was uh, his family ran a grocery store. He worked there since he was eight. You know, yeah. Um, that's the reality of family businesses.
0: Yeah, and uh we're gonna talk about that in the next segment of the show. So get set to call me that on that on, on the open line. We will not have a fool the guesser. I, I'm I I'll be very that. surprised if there's another <laughs> fool the guesser who fo- who phones in. Uh real quickly, Keith, we got another we got an update from Adrian Dixon and Bonnie Henry today. Is yeah, we're gonna get thirty it, we're,
1: seconds. We're gonna get some information on the school situation. Uh they promised a report in mid October of just how many cases are being uh sourced back to schools. We haven't had a a lot of cases of, of transmission within schools, but with the Delta variant now in this school year, we're going to see if that's the case, and we're going to hear more about that at one thirty.